This is a legacy episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast, originally released as part of the Lesbian Talk Show podcast group. Some references may be obsolete. The show looks at lesbian-relevant themes in history and literature, has interviews and discussions about current historical fiction with queer female characters, including fantastic versions of the past, and presents new original historical fiction for your enjoyment. I confess that although there's a lot of validation in finding historic evidence of ordinary, everyday women who loved women, I'm a bit of a sucker for real-life stories that might be considered unbelievable as fiction. One such person is the 17th century novelist, playwright, and spy, Afra Ben. Ben had an interesting and colorful career, the early parts of which are clouded by deliberate mythologizing. What is clearly fact is that during the mid-1660s, when she was in her 20s, She worked as a spy for King Charles II in the period shortly after his restoration to the English throne. Her espionage career may have begun in the Dutch East Indies, and is more solidly known from her time later in the Netherlands, where she operated under the codename Estrella, a name which she also used as a pen name. She was a staunch royalist, though one must assume her loyalty to King Charles was strained a bit by the effort she had to go through to get paid for her work. Her career as a playwright was somewhat more lucrative, though not without occasional reverses. Her works were in the libertine style of the Restoration era, when the playhouses that had been closed under Cromwell turned to rather free-spirited works in a sort of artistic whiplash. Her personal life was also free-spirited, and she was linked romantically with a number of artistic figures. The late Mr. Ben had left her life entirely before her writing became popular. During her heyday, she was a prolific playwright, second in productivity only to John Dryden, the poet laureate, and her poetic output also was enormous, both published and private. So what is Afra Ben doing on this podcast? Ben was openly bisexual, or at least as open as one could be about it at the time. Indeed, her pen name, Estrella, is taken from the play L'Estray, whose plot involves several erotic scenes between female characters, or characters passing as female. And certainly her poetry and correspondence with a number of women had no hesitation in expressing sentiments that would be clearly understood as romantic and erotic if directed at a man or rather, that are accepted as romantic and erotic on those occasions when she directs them at men, for she was promiscuous with her attentions, and her most well-known lovers are male. Ben addressed several poems to a woman named Emily Price, who was possibly an actress. The two were briefly separated during the time the poems were written, and one is a love song that begs for her affection to be reciprocated with acts and not words. The following poem of the group expresses a somewhat different emotion, the vain hope that absence from her beloved might diminish her desire. It is entitled, Verses designed by Mrs. A. Ben to be sent to a fair lady that desired she would absent herself to cure her love, left unfinished. In vain to woods and deserts I retire to shun the lovely charmer I admire, where the soft breezes do but fan my fire in vain, in grottos dark unseen I lie. Love pierces where the sun could never spy. No place, no art his godhead can exclude. The dear distemper reigns in solitude. Distance, alas, contributes to my grief. No more of what fond lovers call relief than to the wounded hind does sudden flight from the chaste goddess pursuing sight. When in the heart the fatal shaft remains and darts the venom through our bleeding veins, if I resolve no longer to submit myself wretched conquest to your wit, more swift than fleeting shades, ten thousand charms, from your bright eyes that rebel thought disarms. 
The more I struggled, to my grief I found myself in Cupid's chains more surely bound. Like birds in nets, the more I strive, I find myself the faster in the snare confined. And that is where it's left unfinished. The poetic circles Afra moved in often used pastoral nicknames, which can conceal the identity of the people they are written to. She addressed several poems to Aminta, which may have been an alias or may have been a generic name. In some poems, Aminta has experienced the pangs of heterosexual love, but in the poem entitled The Dream, she is the subject of the poet's desire. All trembling in my arms, Aminta lay, defending of the bliss I strove to take, raising my rapture by her kind delay, her force so charming was and weak. The soft resistance did betray the grant, while I pressed on the heaven of my desires, her rising breasts with nimbler motions pant, her dying eyes assume new fires. Now to the height of languishment she grows, and still her looks new charms put on. Now the last mystery of love she knows, we sigh and kiss, I waked and all was done. T'was but a dream, yet by my heart I knew which still was panting, part of it was true. Oh, how I strove the rest to have believed, ashamed and angry to be undeceived. Shall we hope that the Aminta, whoever she may have been, that Afra dreamed of bringing to, quote, the last mystery of love, unquote, entertained the same dreams? The poem that is most often discussed in the context of Afra's playful takes on gender and desire is To the Fair Clorinda, Who Made Love to Me, Imagined More Than Woman. One should understand that the phrase make love was not used as a euphemism for sex in this era and might be read as meaning something more like to court or to flirt. We see here some of the troubling contradictions of the 18th century, where love between women was considered inherently more innocent, and yet the object of a woman's desire might be imagined as masculine to some degree in order to justify the intensity of the emotion. And so the poet compartmentalizes her desire as friendship for the feminine part, Aphrodite, and love for the masculine part, Hermes, playing off the image of the genderqueer hermaphrodite. Fair lovely maid, or if that title be too weak, too feminine, for nobler thee, permit a name that more approaches truth, and let me call thee lovely charming youth. This last will justify my soft complaint, while that may serve to lessen my constraint, and without blushes I the youth pursue, when so much beauteous woman is in view. Against thy charms we struggle, but in vain, with thy deluding form thou givest us pain, while the bright nymph betrays us to the swain. In pity to our sex, sure thou wert sent, that we might love, and yet be innocent. For sure, no crime with thee we can commit, or if we should, thy form excuses it. For who that gathers fairest flowers believes a snake lies hid beneath the fragrant leaves? Though beauteous wonder of a different kind, soft chloris with the dear Alexis joined, whene'er the manly part of thee would plead, thou tempts us with the image of the maid. While we the noblest passions do extend, the love to Hermes, Aphrodite the friend. Although Aphra's poetry often couched love between women in sentimental terms, her plays were f most famous for their body humor, and that could include a recognition of the erotic potential between women, as when a character in The False Count asserts, I have known as much danger hid under a petticoat as a pair of breeches. I have heard of two women that married each other, which may in fact be a reference to the marriage between Amy Poulter and Arabella Hunt discussed in a previous podcast. The most intriguing romantic possibility in Afra's life is suggested by the dedication she wrote in 1689 to Hortense Mancini, Duchess Mazarin, 
the niece of the great Cardinal Mazarin, who, with her sisters and cousins, were known as the Mazarinettes, the glitterati of their day, lovers to a parade of great men and not a few women. Hortense Mancini enjoyed a number of unambiguously sexual relationships with women, both as an unhappy newlywed in France and later in England, where she counted the young Countess of Sussex among her lovers, although the primary reason she had come to England was to elbow out a rival as the official mistress of King Charles. In any event, Hortense Mancini had a reputation even more flagrant than Afra's own, and it is with that in mind that the following dedication has led some historians to conclude that the two women most likely had been lovers at some point. The dedication reads in part, To the most illustrious princess, the Duchess of Mazarin, how infinitely one of your own sex adored you, and that, among all the numerous conquests your grace has made over the hearts of men, your grace had not subdued a more entire slave. I assure you, madam, there is neither compliment nor poetry in this humble declaration, but a truth which has cost me a great deal of inquietude, for that fortune has not set me in a station as might justify my pretense to the honor and satisfaction of being ever near your grace, to view eternally that lovely person and hear that surprising wit. What can be more grateful to a heart than so great and so agreeable an entertainment? And how few objects are there that can render it so entire a pleasure as at once to hear you speak and to look upon your beauty? To be sure, much of this may be the simple flattery that was common in such dedications, but Afrobent's life, taken as a whole, suggests that the inquietude in her heart was genuine. If you're interested in further information about Afrobent and discussions about the queer and feminist elements of her life, see the show notes for links and references. And if you'd like to read a fictional imagining of an encounter between Afrobent and Hortense Mancini, there's a link to a novelette that features them. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast. See the show notes for links to people and topics. Most shows will have a transcript linked as well. If you have a book announcement, a topic suggestion, or might like to appear on the show, please drop me an email. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and consider supporting our Patreon 